With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Deadline's new Hollywood podcast. I am Amanda Anduka. And I am Dino Ray Ramos. So today we have uh, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. Um, Jeffrey is one of the stars or co-stars of Lifetime's Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. And if you're not watching it, yeah. If you're, you're, if you're not real. <laughs> if you're a fan of The Bachelor, would you be a fan of Unreal? Because you watch it. You watch the show. I, you know what? I watch Unreal, but I do not watch. I, I have you ever, though? Is that I, what I, you attracted know, you to Unreal? No, because like, what attracted me to Unreal was because I like these kinds of shows. It's almost like a parody, but yeah. not really. Yeah, yeah. But That's I, true. Because like... I, I I can't stand watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. There's just something really sad about it. Mm-hmm. But I get why people like that. Yeah. But boy, do you watch The Bachelor? I watched I watched the first when it first came out like years ago, mm. um, and I didn't. I don't know why it never connected to me. But I did watch Rachel's season. Cause Who's Rachel? The first Black <laughs> Bachelor. <laughs> Does David? I watched it once. Uh, I was at a party. I'm, I'm making an <laughs> was excuse. It, by <laughs> it was by accident. No. Was this a bachelor I, watching like a watch party? Yes, it oh was. A, it was a bachelor uh, watch party, and I was interested. I wanted to like see what it was, and there was literally. I don't know, 20 minutes devoted to a conversation in a lobby. Wow. And it seems like if they do have to fill up, what is it, four hours a week or whatever yeah. it is, two hours a night. They have to do everything. It's, yeah. yeah, they just have to show every single part. And I was so <laughs> bored. But I do like the idea that it does seem that the producers behind these shows, like you see on Unreal, yeah. are getting kind of creative. They know their show is trashy. Yeah. And they're kind of delivering. They're basic, yeah, they're basically puppeteers. A little meta, yeah. Wait, so as a producer, would you ever do... Something like this? Like I it's it's interesting. It seems interesting. Yeah, like there was one you? season with like four Laurens, and I think that's hilarious. And you know, you said one time there was like you know the type of uh, job that would be on the Bachelor is like oh, a those, social yeah, media yeah, yeah. influencer. Yeah, you know the, these <laughs> those these, jobs they have are horrible. Yeah, yeah. I think it is interesting. I think it probably would be a lot of fun. Funny but also, story. Yeah, I met a guy from the Bachelor though. Oh, and he was trying to. It was weird. I met him at a. I met him at a. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Yeah. But I just like I just remember this. I met a guy from the Bachelor at, at a party and he seems super normal he was what he had a, he was a character he was from Rachel season he was a character he his job description was wabu or wazoo man do you remember that what's a wazoo he man? was he would just like scream wazoo and that was like his thing and that was his oh job my description. God. but he Wait, seemed really normal have in you person. have you seen what's that there's that there was this uh, uh, it was a straight-up parody it was a comedy parody with like um 
it had like all those comedy people on it, like Adam oh, Scott. Oh, right, uh, yeah, yeah. And it had uh, Ken Marino, Oh, I think? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on E. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or was it on E? Or was yeah, it on they re- they re-aired it on E. Yeah, oh, yeah. but it was a web series at first. Yeah. Um, I want to say it had like fire. Yeah, in the title or it was like fire like, love, like or burning love. Yeah, burning yeah. love. That You're was right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. And because I say that because Paul Shear's character on that that show was kind of like a wazoo guy because he would come in and have a catchphrase. Yeah, that was that was his job, and he made it pretty far. But like I said, <laughs> he was. But he pretty, is still not in love. He's not. He he said he's still not in love. He said, I, like I always wonder what happens to people after the show, like because they they, they they go really they go, go back on to, to real life. Don't they have like like a real world road rules challenge kind of thing for the they Bachelorette? They do the Winter Games. <laughs> oh, see, they're expanding you, the Bachelor Nation. Yes. Yeah, I know. How do I know all this stuff? <laughs> um, I, I think I just follow like. Um, one of these gossip sites a lot, so yeah. that's how I know. But yes, yeah. but like I think Unreal kind of captures that spirit, but like ele- not elevates it, but like brings it to another level of like, oh my god, this is yeah. horrible. But I, I, the show is just is not just that. Yeah. It, it's about the relationships between the people and like the baggage they carry. Yeah. Um, and then Jeffrey, what I love about Jeffrey's story and his character is that he mentions that it was originally supposed to be like he was supposed to be like a straight a, dude. A straight dude. Yeah. And he he said that he would he played it like that, but then the, the I guess the producers saw that he wasn't like authentic, and yeah. they were like, "We really like you as you are." Yeah, which is cool. Which is really cool, and I think that's like it's a testament to the times we're living in, and people like and people wanting to people responding to the hunger for authentic storytelling yeah. you know so so yeah and then like we actually recorded this uh a couple weeks ago i mm-hmm. think yeah so um i think when this airs that the the finale would have i think the finale would have aired. i'm not sure but um well, we'll a lot has happened with jeffrey's character uh but um yeah so um so without further ado this is jeffrey Well, uh, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, Hello. welcome to the New Hollywood Podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so for much for having us. me. Yeah. I'm so happy to be Thank here with coming. y'all. So we're just, yeah, we're just gonna dig right into it. Let's do the it. Hard hitting questions. Okay, so uh, we read that you said um, you didn't see anyone like you in film and TV when you were growing up, uh, and so like, what inspired you to get into the business? I was adopted as a as a baby, and I was raised in a really small town. Um, my family is entirely Caucasian. My uh, the community in which I was raised was entirely Caucasian, so I, I I stood out strictly based on the color of my skin. That I was like visibly different than everybody else. I was quite um, expressive and energetic and very performative as a child. And my family told me for as long as I can remember, "We're kid, we're going to send you to Hollywood." And I never knew what Hollywood was or where it was, if it was a place. But I just kind of trusted it and said, okay, I mean, if they think that that's where I should go, then I'll probably end up in Hollywood one day. Um, uh, I have always just been been drawn to larger-than-life's personalities, to the world of imagination, um, fantasy, although I wasn't able to see a physical representation of myself in television and film growing up. Um, When I was watching television with my white friends or siblings or cousins, they would always point to the TV and say, that's me, I'm her, I'm him, I'm just like that. And I was never able to do the same. Um, so I was much more drawn to fantasy TV shows and films. Like Labyrinth was the mm. first movie that I saw with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly and all yeah. of those like goblins mm-hmm. and fairies and like that mystical um, uh, 
story I loved so, so much. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was another film and then television series where I could, in some way, although I didn't necessarily see um, uh, myself reflected in the characters physically, our insides were the same. They were these weirdos, these odd ones out, the ones who um, march to the beat of their own drums, the ones who dance in the margins of otherness, the ones who aren't a part of the status quo. Mm -hmm. And I could look to them and say, oh, that's me, I'm just like them. I had found my tribe in them and that in those type of uh, oddball uh, fantasy stories. Um, So knowing that I wanted to work in this world of television and film and be an actor and recognizing very consciously from a very young age that there wasn't much representation of people like myself, I knew I had to become it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have this really uh, coveted opportunity to play somebody like yourself in Unreal Mm -hmm. on Lifetime. Um, Your character is is a gay, openly gay person of color. Um, But initially the character was written as a womanizer. So how how did the evolution of that come about like how did you how did you get them to well so it goes back a little bit further than that it was uh, like 2009 I was working on a TV show Mm -hmm. called Stargate Universe and I was playing a military character and um, I felt like working in that world um, where Don't Ask Don't Tell had just been repealed and I thought that it had like opened up an opportunity for the storytellers for the creators for the writers for the showrunners to explore that storyline and really like broaden their horizons when it came to queerness in the military Um, And I uh, tried on several occasions to have conversations with the powers that be and um, the powers that be being straight white men um, in their 50s and 60s and older just did not see it from the perspective that I did. And I recognized um, that the people who were in power who were telling these stories were not going to be the ones who were going to be telling the story that I want to hear, the story that I want to play. So when that show ended, um, I left after the second season. um, I made a very clear and conscious decision within myself that I wanted to play queer characters Mm -hmm. in television. So I moved to New York, um, got my green card, went back to modeling for a little bit to pay the bills, and was really selective about uh, the jobs that were being tossed my way. When my when my agents would send me auditions, um, I was saying no to like seven or eight out of ten auditions, and I wasn't necessarily in a financial position mm-hmm. or a professional position where it like made sense. Um, uh, in many ways, I was just like this young broke model living on a futon on mm-hmm. a futon mattress in you know some shady apartment in Queens. Um, we've all but kind of been we've all been there. It's like <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a write of pass- versions of that. Right, yeah. It's a, it's a rite of passage yeah. in many ways. But I knew that I just wasn't happy um, sticking to the status quo and playing characters that really didn't mean anything to me and, was, and wasn't speaking to my tribe, wasn't yeah. speaking to my community of people. Um, so I knew that I was happier not doing it at all than, than um, even faking it. Yeah. Um, so I waited. I waited and waited and waited until good jobs would come along. And then um, back to my uh, original intentions of wanting to become an actor, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Marty Noxon, who was the executive producer on that show, who eventually became the showrunner. Watching Buffy as a kid, I would see her name on the credits on the screen, and I would say, I'm going to work with you one day. Oh, and wow. then oh. one day, living in New York, my team sent me, uh, after many months of me taking time off and saying, I don't want to do this anymore, you guys. I had just done a pilot called Hatfields and McCoys with Charlize Theron, oh, yeah. and it didn't get picked up. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated by it. And I thought, these jobs are so few and far between. I get so devastated when a really good project does come along and then the status quo doesn't see the quality of it and it just gets overlooked. And I was like, if this is the way the game is played, I have to go play a different game. So I mm-hmm. called my team up and was like, I, I, I'm done. I, can't, I, don't want, I don't want to act anymore if this mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, 
And then they, one day out of the blue, sent me an email and said, I don't know if this is something you'd be interested in, but this is like weird. So we thought you might like it. And it was a script for Unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the top it said, co-created by Marty Noxon. Oh my God. And I, my heart started beating a million miles wow. a minute. And I said, whatever this is, I just need to be a part of it. So um, I uh, went in and read for Jay. And I think I had two or three auditions and then I tested for the character of Jay before I booked it. But Marty and, the, and Sarah Gertrude Shapiro, the other creator of the show and the director and the producers in the studio had only ever seen me as Jay. They had only ever seen me in character. Um, they didn't know me personally. So mm-hmm. um, when they had this like sleazy, slimy, womanizing, um, slutty male producer who was sleeping all, with all the contestants, that's what I embodied. And so that's who they, you know, that's they just yeah, saw yeah. me as a character. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until we were filming the original pilot in Atlanta in 2013 that I, I saw an opportunity in front of me. I thought I can play the game the way I used to play it when I was playing straight characters and not get too close to the powers that be behind the scenes, not really uh, let them in on who I am personally. Because I could see that it made producers uncomfortable. It scared them when mm-hmm. I was playing the straight dude and then they call cut and I go and I'm like just kikiing and laughing yeah. and like giggling with my girlfriends. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. like, oh shit, like is a middle America gonna buy that this this that this person yeah. is a is a is like a hunky straight love interest? Mm-hmm. Like they've they were very they were very close minded and I could always feel the, the, how uncomfortable it made them and I could feel I could hear the conversations they were having and I could just feel their hesitancy with me so I thought I was going to make a very different choice with this and I played Jay to the best of my ability while the cameras were rolling and when they called cut I was Jeffrey mm-hmm. and I got and I went and kikied with Marty Noxon and said I love you so much I mean the reason why I'm an actor is because of the quality of content that you create and inspired me to walk in this world and it mm-hmm. inspires me to continue to do so and um, they got to know me as me and I'm an openly queer man and yeah. I don't have any qualms about it and I don't hide or dim parts of myself. I celebrate the parts of myself that the world has told me to dim uh, yeah. or to be sh- ashamed of or that I was punished for. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the part. Those are the best parts of me. I love my blackness. I love my queerness. I celebrate those parts of myself oh, and I yeah. celebrate it in others. And they could feel that, that authenticity. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, authenticity is contagious and it gives yeah. other people permission to be authentic as well and disarms them and it, you know, puts you in a position um, and, uh, to, when you're, when you're vulnerable and when you are just truly yourself it gives other people an opportunity when you're having conversations to look at you and say oh this me, is, t- me yeah. too oh me yeah. too oh yeah. I feel that way this too is, yeah. <gasps> really? yeah oh you like, feel that way too oh my gosh me too oh my gosh I've never talked about this with anybody yeah, nobody's yeah, ever yeah. said that nobody's ever made it a safe space or a safe environment for me to be myself so long story short was myself with with all of them. The show got picked up to series. They did some rewriting and some recasting. They recast the woman who played Quinn originally and brought yeah. on Constant Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought on Craig Bierko to play Chet. And Marty Noxon called me at my house one day and said, we're rewriting and recasting the show and we are think we think you're more interesting than the Jay we've written. So let us yeah. write Jay after you. That's so awesome. I said, what the hell yeah. does that mean? And she, <laughs> said, <laughs> and she said, well, we're making him an openly queer man. I said, dream, dream come true. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's like, that's like kismet. Like, yeah, ev- you, like everything that you wanted, like with Marty, and then with the kind of characters you want to play. Yes. Like, no, it's the secret. Mani- it's manifestation, the, yeah, really intention. Is. Put it out in the universe, yes. and the universe There's will magic in that. Yeah. I truly believe that is the yeah. way the world works. That is the way my whole world has worked since the time I was very young, since mm-hmm. the time I was a child. And I don't think I was ever consciously aware of it. I think kids just think they're magic. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? Like, stuff just happens. And, yeah, you no. know, but it's like, oh, I thought that. I thought that into existence. Yeah. But manifestation, visualization, intention is of the utmost importance. No 
matter what you do mm-hmm. in this world. So just waking up every day. I feel like it's yeah. important to have an intention for what you want your day to be. Okay, so I just wanted to know, I, I read that you had the scholarship program yeah. um, for LA-based acting schools where you guys yes. sponsor, is it a child or is it a whole... I don't know. I wish it was a sponsor child. Well, I, I mean, love it. Yeah. <laughs> for 10 cents a day. Yeah. I don't know if it was a, one student or it was like a, a whole entire like a school. Yeah. Like, that well, it's guys... like it's pretty much taken on a life of its own at this point. So it's the BGB studio here in Los Angeles. It's mm-hmm. an acting school run by uh, uh, Risa Gar- uh, Garcia Braun and, um, uh, or sorry, Risa Garcia Brahman and Steve Braun. So they mm-hmm. own a studio, an acting studio here. There are two extraordinarily talented acting teachers um, who produce amazingly talented actors. Who they are, are acting teachers? They actually, I've t- I took one okay. class with with Steven years ago, but he's really just a dear friend of okay, mine. Okay. Um, I'm kind of a, a I'm a, a quote unquote bad actor in the sense that I have not trained to the a lot of actors that... haven't. I've, I've heard that a lot. Like yeah, a lot of actors don't really take classes anymore. No, but... I mean I mean I know a lot that do, but yeah. the best training that I've gotten has been on set. Yeah, has yeah. been working. That's has been auditioning and it's working like, like boot camp, so like on the job training in the way. Exactly. Right? Many, honestly, you yeah. know, and it's a learning curve. And sometimes I, I sometimes I'm, I'm positions I'm in positions where I'm like shit. I could definitely like use some more tricks in my in my little bag of tricks. But uh, you know, you find your way. Yeah, That's yeah. when you have to tap into your own personal authenticity and your own experience, and it's like it's like therapy in many ways. Um, but they came to me after the first season of Unreal, I believe it was, and said, um, "Hey, we want to um, help you with your cause and your mission, and um, help with uh, filling representation." And they are two straight white people, and they knew that having their privilege that they have, and uh, they had the opportunity to be allies and to help. Uh, open doors for us that we don't have the power as people of color and mm-hmm. queer people to open because we don't have the keys. Um, so they opened that door for me and they uh, uh, st- we uh, started a countrywide uh, search for uh, recipients of the scholarship and we brought on two young actors, two young uh, queer actors of color uh, to receive, uh, I believe it was a couple of months of, uh, worth of acting classes. Um, and then there's a showcase at the end oh, where fun. agents yeah, and yeah, casting directors good. come in and see these actors and it just provides opportunities. It provides opportunities for casting directors who are thinking of, even if it's the smallest role, like a barista in a scene. It's like, why does that barista have to be a straight white person? Yeah, why can't exactly. it be like a trans girl? Why can't <laughs> yeah. it be a black guy? Exactly. Why can't it be, you know, it just it's just options. Um, so at this point, um, they've taken it upon themselves to like give it uh, give it wings, and it's flying on its own. So they uh, have uh, hired a, nice. uh, a, a an acting teacher at the studio that is a queer man of color. They um, have uh, given out a couple more of the scholarships over the over the past year and a half or two years since we first initiated it, and it's uh, it's a it's just a nice affirmation that there are other people out there who, although they may not look like me, mm-hmm. uh, share the same desires that I that I do. I love oh. it. I love it when white people acknowledge their privilege. Yes. <laughs> you know, when they like, when they acknowledge like, their pri- when they acknowledge yeah. their privilege and also acknowledge black excellence. Exactly. Right? Like it cannot like, be denied. And exactly. like and like and acknowledge our struggles too. Because yes. everyone's like, oh, it's every, we all have, we're all actors. We're all trying to work. It's like no, no, no it's, it's, not not the the same. Same. it's not the same. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. But anyways, no. that's great. I love that. So, who was your biggest celebrity crush growing up? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Okay. JTT girl. Are you kidding me? Oh my my gosh. whole bedroom was just like I like I, I would like go and get every subscription of like Tiger Beat and, and Bob and all that shit. And like yes. and just like everything JTT, just like pull it out and plaster it on my wall. I think the funniest thing is and kind of the creepiest I love thing JTT. is JTT was my favorite, was my first crush. And then um I can't remember Maybe his name, segwayed. but Steve from from Steve from Full House. Do you remember oh, DJ's um, boyfriend? Oh. He did the voice of Aladdin. Okay, so listen to this. So I was 
TikTok, I was like loving JTT and Steve from uh, Full Steve House. Wagner, Winger, or something whatever. Like that? Yeah, yeah. Something he was he was Steve. a cute white boy. Yeah, they were just yeah. like cute white boys. Um, uh, loved them. And then my partner Andrew, he and I have been together for three years now. But his first two crushes were. But like the animated version, he loved like Teenage Simba and like and and Aladdin and Aladdin. And I was like, I was like, boy, you are you got some twisted kinky desires oh and dreams God. and wishes going on. JTT. But what yeah. happened to him? He was on an episode of Veronica Mars. Was he? Oh my gosh, that's the last time. I that's the last time I saw. Oh yeah, I love JTT. What happened to? I mean, they're living their lives, I'm sure. But like Andrew Keegan and like all those guys. He's on Fuller House. Is he really? Yeah, he's on. He's a main character now. He's like him and DJ are doing their their little love. There's a love together. triangle with yeah. Steve, do you, do you, DJ, I, yeah. and someone else. Come on. Do yes. you watch Fuller House? Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I watched the first season. I watch it for it. nostalgia. I'm, like, I'm not like. No, me too. Yeah. It's okay, just I watched it and I was like, okay, first season. And I, start, I started watching the second season. And I was like, oh my God, this is hella corny. But yeah. No. I'm but like, somebody's got They were like in season four now. Somebody's yeah. got to be watching yeah. it. No, I watched didn't, didn't, yeah, isn't, I watched like, it. Isn't there like a potential queer storyline with Kimmy Gibbler's husband? Doesn't he like live with a man? No, no, no. They're together. Him and her and her husband are together. I thought they were going to go somewhere like that, but no, they're. They're, they're together. Oh, uh, with they Candace Cameron on there and her, have, oh, and, her, and her conservative oh, views. I'm sure she's got her some executive never, producer oh, yeah, her her and guidelines to follow. Her and her set. But know. her sister is trying you to get know. pregnant out of wedlock. So that's like a little bit. Wait, Jody, I mean, <laughs> Jody, uh, uh, Stephanie is trying to. rose on your nose. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, she's trying to get pregnant and she's not married. So that's a, that's a. But that's okay. Republicans are like kind of okay with that. Are they though? Anyway, well, ask Candace. Yeah, we can. And then lastly, what can we um, expect to see from your character this season? We hear that he's getting some some action. Ooh, Jay gets some love. <laughs> Does yeah. he? Okay. Jacob's love, no, no like, yeah, yeah, Jacob's yeah. love from maybe some like unexpected sources, though. I mean, uh, there's the obvious, like there's 25 yeah, the hot first, men you know, that are shirtless and like, one, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, producer. That's so season. exactly, it's <laughs> yeah. like it's like a, a smorgasbord of options for Jay. Um, uh, we are introduced to Jay's boyfriend this season as well, and we get mm. to go home with him and see oh, cool. who he is outside of the walls of Everlasting, and that's important. But um, more so than anything, Jay is power hungry, and he um, is uh, on a mission to create his own empire and to create his own content that is representative of who he is and just like Jeffrey the kind of content that I wanted to see growing up that mm -hmm. just does not exist on television so showcasing and celebrating otherness um, uh, uh, this season he aligns himself with Quinn and uh, pitches and develops his own series and um, you know, uh, he recognizes that he has to play the game dirty. He yeah. doesn't necessarily share the same values or ideals as Quinn, but she is the white woman in a position of power. And if he's going to get ahead, he has to play the game that the way that she has to play yeah. it. So, um, yeah, so yeah. he 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 definitely um, uh, uh, dances in the dark side this season and, and has so much fun doing it. But I feel like it's just like it's life imitating art. It is uh, Jay creating content that he uh, uh, that he himself wants to see out in the world, and I'm creating content that I want to see out in the world. Doing my podcast, JPC mm -hmm. presents conversations with others is just that. It's like I listen to. There's tons of great podcasts out there that I listen to. I love your guys' show. I love mm -hmm. the read. I love still processing. But uh, I kind of like I've taken an amalgamation of all the best parts of everything that I love and have. Presented that to the world, oh, yeah, and yeah. Just it's it's a celebration of all the people who don't necessarily get uh, to be on the covers of magazines. I love me some J Law and some Reese Witherspoon and some Brad Pitt or other blandly handsome white men, but <laughs> you know, but it's like, what about the rest of us? Yeah. So you know, so man. you know, so if in this in this culture in this era of like clickbaiting and um, 
people only reading the headlines and stuff. It's like if we only ever see the status quo in those positions, you're not going to open up the magazine and flip to you or me or mm -hmm. you, you know? You're not going to get to see all of the people of color yeah. and the queer representation and the social justice activists and all of these wonderful people who are changing the world from uh, their boots on the ground uh, 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 actions that they're taking every day. And this is what I, this is yeah. what I get to do. This is yeah. what I love to do to be able to celebrate people like us. Yeah, exactly. This and, is what we want to do yeah. too. So. Yeah. And just to Thank close, you for that. Yeah, of course. To close, um, is there an under, we ask this to all our guests, is there an underrepresented actor, director, uh, storyteller, producer in the industry that is not in the mainstream that you want to give a shout out to that you think deserves more recognition? Ooh. Like somebody that maybe we wouldn't hear, yeah, we yeah. wouldn't hear of, you know, because they don't have that, the, the platform. One of my favorite humans on the planet, one of my favorite actors in the world, um, Shanika Warren Markland, her name is. She is okay. a gorgeous black girl, British black girl who lives in London. Her and I did a film together in 2011, uh, myself, her, and uh, Jussie Smollett called The Skinny. Okay. Um, and uh, Shanika is uh, just, I mean, not only like stunningly gorgeous, highly intellectual, a beautiful representation of bisexuality and otherness, incredibly talented, and really shares her love is just spilling out from her. She t she runs a theater troupe and you know uh, helps lift up and create uh, uh, kids who are like her, others, people who dance outside of the margins of uh, of the status quo, um, and helps shine the light on them uh, and um, showcase and celebrate the things about them that the world may be telling them uh, they should hide or dim. So Shanika Warren Markland is my shero, and all y'all. I think she just needs to get her ass over here to L.A. Yeah. Yeah. she does some she does some beautiful beautiful work in. London. She's done some really badass films, some really great movies. Um, but uh, I think America needs some some more Somewhere. of some more of some Shanika Warren Markland love. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Take oh, you'll it. love yeah. her. Yeah. Google, Google her. Google okay. her. Buddy. No, I'll look her up. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank so, you much. so much. This has it's been my fantastic. Pleasure. Thanks I for love having this me. Talk. Thank yeah. you so much. Pleasure. And, and you can see um, Unreal on Monday nights. Monday nights. Yes. yes. And JBC presents conversations <laughs> with others. Yeah. My podcast also podcast. on Monday. Dropping Monday. Yes. Is it on iTunes? On iTunes okay. and all SoundCloud. Platforms. All platforms. Exactly. And I wish I could have talked more about RuPaul's Drag Race, but we had more. We well, no, we just had some other things. Another to talk day, about. another episode. That would be my last time on that show or this. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.